You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 61 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. What's cracking? How is everybody doing? Wait, let me guess. I'm pretty certain I can answer that. Generally speaking, if you have a positive mindset and positive self-talk, I'm guessing that you're doing pretty damn well right about now. On the other hand, if your mindset is jacked and you're out of alignment and your self-talk is constantly negative and you're ruminating about the same negative things that have already happened in your life that you cannot possibly change, I would imagine you're not doing very well right now. I get it. Not exactly breaking news. A positive or even unbreakable mindset inevitably will lead to contentment, happiness, a kick-ass life. Great take, Rome. Now tell me something I don't already know. Yeah, I get that too. But if you already know that, then why is your mindset still suboptimal? Why aren't you living the life you want to live? Why aren't you the person that you want to be? Why haven't you reinvented or transformed yourself yet? Why are you here? It's because you're looking for answers. I think we'd all agree that if you're going to become the person you want to become, it begins and ends with having the right mindset, an unbreakable mindset. I think we would all agree on that. The question is, how do you develop an unbreakable mindset? What are the steps to creating an unbreakable mind? A mind that ensures that you have a vision for the person you want to become, and then a program that you yourself develop and follow to become that person and have that life. And most of all, a mindset that ensures that you never deviate from the program that you yourself create to become that person. You see, the best blueprint or program in the world is utterly worthless if you don't implement it with precision, consistency. And that means doing the work every single day within the program, whether you want to or not. Creating a standard and maintaining that standard regardless of how you feel. Standard over feelings. Again, standard over feelings. In fact, feelings don't matter at all. It just doesn't matter how you feel, period. Let me repeat that. It doesn't matter how you feel. At least it doesn't to the people I know who are living their best lives. You know what those people do? They get up and they do the work. They don't care how they feel, period. When your feet hit the ground, you do what you know you have to do. You do it to the best of your ability and you do it all day long and you do it every single day. No days off. You see? There. I just gave you your process. Now you need to develop your program to match your vision and apply that process to that program for the one millionth time. Simple, but not easy. But that right there is the blueprint for living your best life. Now my guest this episode is a living, breathing example of what I just said. His name is Wes Watson. Before I drop this conversation on you, I want to give you some background on Wes and a heads up on him. And I want to be real, and I want to share a thought or two about the personal development space that I've picked up since beginning this podcast and my own personal mission and journey a couple of years ago. When I started, I was looking for inspiration and energy and motivation and new ideas and tactics for reinventing and transforming myself. In having these conversations and researching who I wanted to meet and spend time with, I have come across some of the most amazing transformational people that I could have ever hoped to meeting. They've inspired me. They've moved me. They've motivated me. They have challenged me, and they have made me better. That was the whole idea, and I couldn't be more grateful for these conversations and these new relationships. Now, for the real, and what I'm about to say, you might even say about me, and that's fine. I get that, but there are some folks in this space, 
folks that are killing it, in fact, that I found myself thinking, who are you? Where did you come from? What have you accomplished? What adversity have you overcome? Or what life-changing experience have you had that you can share with us? What insurmountable odds have you beaten that you can share with us that we can learn from and then apply to our lives? In short, who the hell are you? Where did you come from? And why are you telling me how to live my life? Especially when you're not living that life yourself. How can you tell me to live a certain way when you really haven't accomplished anything and you yourself aren't even practicing what you preach? You're advocating a lifestyle that you yourself have not committed to. Make that make sense. And that, among other things, infuriates my guest, Wes Watson. A few more things about Wes before I introduce you to him if you don't already know him. Because frankly, all my guests are unique in their own way, but I have never had a guest quite like Wes. First off, He does not fall into that category of never having experienced or overcome anything significant or accomplished anything tangible. You know, again, the people who just show up out of thin air and are life coaches. That's not Wes. In fact, I'm utterly blown away by this man's personal transformation and how he achieved it. How he went about rewiring his mind in order to completely transform himself and life. And how and when and where he did it. In the penitentiary, that's where he did hard time. Ten years in prison. And it was there that he developed a program to not only survive but thrive on the inside. And a program that he has used upon his release from jail to become a multi-multi-millionaire, business owner, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and personal coach. And he did it all within five years of his release with a level of focus intensity, intention, discipline, and capacity to take consistent, massive action that I've seen in very few people. Now, one last word about Wes and this episode. Straight up, like me, hell, like everybody, he and this episode are not for everybody. This is an extremely profane episode, more so than any I've ever done. If you're offended by profanity, I'm going to tell you to sit this one out. There's some incredible information you'll miss out on, but if an F-bomb offends you, I understand that, but you're going to want to wait for our next F because there are a lot of F-bombs in this one, and not in a gratuitous way. This is just how Big Wes expresses himself. He's serious as hell. He is loud as hell. He is determined as hell. He is profane as hell. This is simply an extremely passionate, determined, intense individual that wants to make damn sure that you're getting his message. You may not appreciate the delivery. It may offend you, so you have been warned. If that sort of thing does bother you, you're going to want to sit this one out. Me, it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, his message resonates so deeply with me, and so does his journey, that I couldn't wait to have this conversation. It's extremely real, extremely raw, and extremely profane. If you're still up for that, then lock it in, because I have never had a guest quite like this before on the Reinvention Project. It's episode 61 with Wes Watson, and it's coming at you right now. Big Wes, absolutely awesome to meet you. I've got tremendous respect for your approach and for what you've created for yourself and for so many others. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time. Thank you so much for making time. How you doing, dude? Man, Jim, it's good to be on here. I've been watching you since a kid. I don't, I don't think anybody my age or 
10 years older than me around that age group doesn't know who the fuck you are. So it's good to be on here, big dog. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. All right, so let's jump right into it. Wes, you were born and raised in Oceanside, right outside of San Diego. In fact, about 45 minutes from where I am right now. Just really quickly, take me back. How was that, and what were you like growing up? Oh, man, I was just a normal normal skater, surfer, snowboarder kid, just living that beach life going to a normal school. Dad was a construction worker. Mom was a hairdresser. We were lower middle class, you know, never, never had enough money to make through each month, always struggling with bills, but we were good. We weren't, we weren't bad off. We didn't have anything nice or anything, but we made it each month and we ate fine. But just my dumb ass, you know, I started smoking weed. I started watching the wrong movies, the wrong fucking, the wrong influences. And I, I'm like, I need to make this money. I need to make this happen. And I started going that, that hustle life. I started, you know, I started off with just even grams of weed when I was 11, 12 years old. And then I elevated to uh, massive amounts of weight, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds by the time I was going to do my first prison sentence, which was 10 years. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, listen, what is this all about? It's all about evolution. It's all about personal transformation. It's all about getting to know yourself better and living your best life. That in and of itself can be a lifelong process, especially because we are always changing and growing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react a certain way until we talk these things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. In fact, that is the absolute best place to start. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime you want at no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rome and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Rome. BetterHelp.com slash Rome. So, Wes, for instance, how did you go from what you call yourself? Now, these are your words, not mine. How did you go from being, quote, the worst motherfucker I know, end of quote, to what you are right now, a multimillionaire business owner, personal coach, best-selling author, and mentor to so many. God damn, that's such a good description. The worst motherfucker I know. I had zero conscience. I didn't operate from anything other than laws of man. So if I could get away with the laws of man, I'm trying to. No matter what I could do to finagle around the system and to make my life more comfortable, I was going to do. So I was selling drugs. I mean, I had a Range Rover. I had a nice condo downtown. I had like a Chrysler 300. At that time, those were the nice cars. I had, you know, I had millions of dollars cash when I would pick up from my people who gave me about 250 to 500 pounds at a time. And, um, you know, I was in between of a lot of gangster shit, you know, trading trading stuff from up north for stuff down south and they're going back across the border up north, meaning fucking Canada and Mexico. But um, the whole point was, is I went to prison. I was still acting out, still getting in trouble, in-house stabbings that I would get in fucking 
close to getting washed up for. Washed up in the penitentiary means a life sentence, LWAP, life without parole. And I mean, I luckily fucking skated through by just doing 10 years of hard time in CDC. And even in there, I was the worst motherfucker. I always wanted to be the best at everything I did. And I went into prison saying, I'm going to be the best at this fucking prison shit. So I'm fully covered in California gang ink. And I mean, I'm just blasted head to toe from prison ink that I earned in the penitentiary because you can't just pick shit off the fucking wall in prison. You have to fucking earn that shit by, by putting your work in and getting in trouble, handling business on the yard, which means violence. And I mean, I just, I'm the poster child for what, how stupid someone could be trying to be tough, trying to look cool, ending up in prison, which I wanted to go to prison. It was a height of validation to me to go to prison than to go to the shoe and be like a, a straight prison gangster. And then um, I turned around, I turned my life around. Everyone hears these fucking stories and they think they're all fucking cliche, but I fit the mold. Like everything I do, I do 100%. So prison, 100%. Then when I turned my life around, 100%. Didn't miss a day of working out. Didn't miss a day of my personal development. Started reading books like Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil, Stephen Covey, Highly Effective People, or Seven Habits to Highly Effective People, and uh, books like that. And I just, they resonate with me. So I started applying them, Jim. So, Wes, I mean, it's amazing. You go in and you still have that mindset, that gangster mindset, but then you go in and you're like, hey, but this is the way I am. If I'm going to be in prison, I want to dominate prison. I want to be the best at being in prison. I want to be the goat of the penitentiary. At what point did you decide, and explain this, that you were not going to do the time or you were going to do the time and let the time not do you? Like, how did the switch go off? How long were you in before that switch went off? So I'm a, I'm a natural observer. So even the second I got slammed, the second they put them cuffs on my wrist, the second I got on that CDC bus and hopped out at 16 block in Donovan, reception yard, four yard, I just thought I saw that I was writing a story. Like I didn't fucking care. This story had to be good. Like I had a chance right now. I'm about to do 10 years, motherfucker. I have a chance to write a story of a man's life that most people couldn't fathom living. And I've been doing that ever since. Every fucking idiot tells you, hey, you got the pen, write your story. And I don't want to hear their fucking story. That shit's lame. So the whole time, ever since, right, even before I got busted, I told my friend at like 15, he's like, he's asked me if I read books. I said, there's two types of motherfuckers in this world. And he said, who, what do you mean? And I, I was like that before prison. And I said, the people who read books and the people that write books. And he's like, what? You're going to write a book? You wrote a book? I'm like, shut the fuck up. You get what I'm saying? Cause I was always trying to do shit really big. I was always trying to be like this massive figure. And the thing is, is to me, the penitentiary being a criminal was the height. Nobody could question you at that point. Motherfucker, I did 10 years in CDC. I did time in the shoe. I pulled strings while I was in prison, had more money in prison than most people have in the streets listening to this fucking, this broadcast. I mean, I would find a way to get anything done, even if they locked the door on me and didn't let me the fuck out. And so this was the whole thing is that the, I sat in the shower the other day and I just thought to myself, man, and I'm in, I'm sitting in a 20,000 square foot house. So I'm in a 20,000 square foot home now in Rancho Santa Fe. It's $30 million. I have every car out front you could imagine. And I'm still just the same person. I live the same day as I did in prison. I'm taking a shower the other day. And I'm thinking about myself and, I, and I'm like, talking to myself. And I'm like, 
man, you really do will do whatever the fuck it takes to get where you want to go. So now, once I shifted from my own fucking rules and man, laws of man, and I started to resonate with universal laws, you know, law of compensation. I mean, the law of diminishing intent, law of divine oneness, law of cause and effect, karma. As I started to live by these laws, then everything started to change. I saw that I could no longer get away with what I thought I could get away with. So it completely just shifted my reality on what's possible. And I took that drive as the worst motherfucker you've ever met and went straight to being the best dude I ever knew and the man I always needed my whole fucking life. And now that's my goal every day to wake up and be the man for others that I always needed. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to be very clear about this, Wes. When you talk about the mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, the 20,000 square foot house, the $30 million crib, I've seen the whips. They're all exotic. They're all six figures. This is all legitimately earned and owned. There is no criminal element anymore. You've done this all the right way since you got out. 100%. I mean, I, there was, there'd be no way they would let me go this far. I mean, I, I, I'm the person who has to pay uh, like a million taxes this year. And I'm like, I want to. I, I, I'm not trying to get around none of this shit. Because, I mean, I like to pay my part. But, I mean, fuck all that. The whole point, me, the whole point behind it is I did it legit. And how the fuck did I do it? Just step by step. I started selling a fucking, I started just talking online about what worked for me, what changed my mindset, what changed my life. And people were just like, damn, this is valuable. And then they're telling me, I'm not even trying to sell shit. They're telling me, damn, like you should have a program or you should teach this. And I start, you know, doing 300 to like 800 a month when I got out of prison selling uh, programs online using an app. And that program was 250 a month. I only sold like one month at a time. I was so green, so new to business. I know what the fuck I was doing. So now flash forward after I dropped my YouTube channel, I start getting millions of views. I still have the same program I have today. Now I have other programs, but my program's the same. I have a training app. People log into it's $2.99 a month, $7.50 for three months, $12.99 for six, $2,000 for a year. That's my mid-level program. Now that program, I get people in shape. We hop on a group Zoom call and I've changed so many fucking lives with that program. It would blow your mind. Most of my transformations on the wall of my Instagram, people getting fit are from that program. But after they get fit, then I teach them to sell that program to other people, which I don't get a cut of. They just pay me one fee. They learn how to do it. Now I'm making millionaires. So now I really have become the man that I always needed, a man who could get you fit, a man who could get you to drop the vices and the bullshit and the negativity, a man who could change your mindset, and a man who could get you paid. So I've done everything for people that I've done for myself time and time again. I have people who signed on with me for 7,500 bucks for my business coaching program, where I teach you to monetize your passion in your coaching programs online. Dude made $2 million off 7,500 bucks. I have a testimonial going right now where in the first two weeks of one of these guys signing up, he made 252,000. So, I mean, the point is, is I'm asking everybody out there right now, all you, all you listeners, are you the fucking man you've needed your whole life? Are you that person who you admire most? And do you realize to live a great life, you're going to have to give that motherfucker to the world. Oh, yeah. You know I love that sound. 
That is actually my favorite sound. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Regardless of what you're selling, whatever it is, Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And Shopify is packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. It can do all of that for you. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every single step of the way. I mean, this truly is an incredible product and proposition. See, what's incredible to me about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take your business to the next level. So now it's your turn to get serious about selling. It's your turn to try Shopify today. This is Possibility, and it's powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase. Again, you want to go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E to take your business to the next level right now. Shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E. I mean, Wes, there's so much that I could respond to in that. You just said about 10 or 12 things that piqued my interest, but you mentioned vices. Now, first of all, you said, when you said there are two types of people, those who read and those who write books, I've read your book. It's a great book. It's a book that really resonated with me. I want to make that clear. Something you write about in the book, quote, quote, the biggest thing that keeps a motherfucker down is his fucking vices. I fucking know. End of quote. What were your most damaging vices, Wes, and how did you rid yourself of them? Oh, man, I'm, the last time I drank alcohol was Pruno in the penitentiary. This uh, Southside cat from Mongo from Maravilla, a gang in L.A. He's a Mexican dude, Southside gangster. And uh, he made some uh, prison wine, Pruno. I took a couple sips of it. And at that time, you know, my my car, that's uh, the, like the group of white boys that are in the pen. And when in prison, you roll with your race. If you guys don't fucking know. In California prison, it's split up by race. It's very racial. I'm not racist. I don't even fucking even begin to even go into that because it's so fucking stupid. Once you've seen the system, it doesn't matter. You're rolling with your race. That's it. So the point is, is that at that point, the white guys, the white boys, the pecker woods, the woods, as they call them, they had all the dope. They had the, the, the white, the black. And I mean, that means, you know, speed and heroin and, um, you know, I was running the white boys at the time. I had the keys. So I drank a little bit of Pruno and everybody was watching football. I don't really watch sports that much in prison. There's too much drama behind it, too much uh, betting, too much people getting fucking heated about their team. And a lot of problems start. Imagine like people fight at sports games in the fucking stands. Imagine how prison is. People get fucking heated. They're very emotional about it. But um, I, I took a little bump of some speed and was drinking some Pruno and I had done that shit on the street and in prison, but I went on a run. I mean, these, these, these were my vices, even on the street, I was drinking, you know, gray goose and, and um, Chris style. And that was cool going to clubs, doing Coke all night and doing speed and stuff. 
So that's what I always did. I was just trying to keep the fucking party going. Those were always my biggest vices. So, Wes, when you got in, I mean, were you addicted to that shit? How did you get off that shit? And how long how long were you in before you decided, man, I have to quit everything? Oh, man, I, when I got picked up by the U.S. Marshals, they, they shoved an AR-15 in my face and said, and just told me to get on the fucking ground. And then they, um, they told me, you don't know what this crime is for, because I had been doing so much dirt all around town, getting so many, committing so many crimes. And um, I didn't know what it was for, but I thought it was for something real bad that I recently did. And I looked over at my girlfriend at the time and I'm like, I'm going away for life. You know, it's a wrap. And then it ended up being something real bad where the, the, the exposure of the case was 28 years. But um, at, when I got busted, I was on a two week run smoking speed every night and um, and drinking vodka. I was still big because I would drink protein shakes and make sure I forced my protein down. So I was kind of kind of ripped and kind of big still for someone who lived like that. I wouldn't just fully deteriorate my body because I wasn't a dipshit. But um, yeah, at that time, as they pulled me and I was on that shit, meth isn't as much of a come down as like heroin and shit like that. So 72 hours when you hit the block in prison, they give you 72 hours to be clean. And um, after 72 hours, you have to start working out and they don't give a fuck. They'll beat the living shit out of you if you don't go work out. So that's what saved me is um, extreme structure. And that structure, I teach people on the street still till this day. And I'm a massive, massive advocate of making discomfort your comfort zone and living a militant lifestyle. lifestyle. All right, so Wes, when you were on the inside, what time did you wake up every single day? 2.45. So every, every day of class coming up on 16 years, I've woken up at 2.45 a.m. I still do it till this day. I'll never miss. It's the cornerstone of the mindset that I've cultivated that tells myself, Every morning, I'm first. Nobody will get up before me. I'm first. This is mine. I'm taking the day. And that's just the mindset I have. I'm first place. Even still till this day. No people will try to set their time before me. And then I'll watch them fizzle out. I've never missed a wake up at 2.45 a.m. And that started in the prison system just because I wanted to get up before the motherfuckers who are using the, the bathroom in the cell. Like say in the cell, your celly gets up. And you guys both get up at five to hit the chow hall at six. You're both going to have to use the bathroom, brush your teeth. There's only one sink. So I just get up so early, handle all that stuff way before the other person so I could do it in peace. And then it turned into my lifestyle. It turned into a lifestyle. For instance, like you still go to the gym every single day. It's one thing to do it in the yard, but now you're out and you live in a $30 million mansion and you can ride your Lambo or your Rolls Royce or whatever you want. Why do you continue to not only still go to the gym, Wes, but go as hard as you do once you get there? What does that do for you or any other individual? Oh, man, it's everything, Jim. It's everything. I mean, want to know what I needed my whole life? Was a man who didn't break his fucking word. A man who didn't break his fucking word was what I needed my entire life. And that is the cornerstone of my brand and who I am. The man who won't break his word because he, he, he gave his word to Jim. He gave his word to Tim. He gave his word to Jill. He gave his word to everybody online across the world where he said, I'll never fucking miss. And I've never missed any of the disciplines, any of the YouTube uploads, any of the stuff I, I give to the world daily. I've never fucking missed because self-transcendence is the key to diminishing the ego 
and not living in this state of suffering that people call, I mean, that self-absorbed thinking. People, people are so self-absorbed and magnify themselves so much that their greatest pain comes from just really considering self so much. So all day long, all I'm doing is knowing that I'm giving who I am to the world. It, it admonishes self. And then I'm able to stay impervious to the pain of the magnification that most people do when they're just so fucking self-absorbed, bro. I mean, Wes, I think one of the main mantras, in fact, I know that you live by and that you use to turn your life around is purpose over pleasure. What does that mean to you? Why is that so critical for all of us to understand and execute on if we're going to become who and what we want to be? Purpose over pleasure. Purpose over pleasure is fucking beautiful. It is just so easy to see that if you do believe in habitual construction of the mind, the subconscious mind, conscious mind, it's all built through habitual construction, the habits we partake in daily. If you have the habit of consistently choosing purpose over pleasure, you will, you will, be de you will definitely concrete and solidify a level of success in anything you choose that most people couldn't fathom. The only reason people are so far behind and not getting where they want to go in life is because they're choosing instant gratification over delayed gratification. So purpose over pleasure. And that's what I go by. Everything is purpose driven. I look at that meal. Is this purpose or pleasure? I look at that wake up time, sleeping in, is that purpose or pleasure getting up? And it's just very simple to see that the mind that's based on purpose over pleasure is going to be that disciplined man who has that drive, who has that clarity, has that vision, and is unstoppable. Wes, if you do that often enough, right, and it becomes, quote, in your words, habitual construction, purpose over pleasure, if you do it often enough, does the pleasure not then become painful, and isn't that the whole idea? Oh, my God, you said it. You're a fucking genius, bro. I love how you do it. You're too good at this. But, um, yeah, Dick, I've got to a place where discomfort is progress. I have coupled discomfort in my mind with progress and then I've linked comfort with regression in my mind so the second I'm too comfortable I know I'm regressing I know I'm I'm just deteriorating myself I'm taking away from myself so I stay in a state of discomfort which is progression to me life is progression so once you're okay with discomfort you're not chasing the pleasure seeking that most fucking call life then you realize everything most motherfuckers in this world they, what they call living their best life, what they call living in the moment is really just escaping their current reality that they hate. So Wes, what would you consider pleasurable? Is it doing what you know you have to do, whether or not you want to do it? Is that where the dopamine and the pleasure comes from? Pleasure to me is knowing I held my word. Yep. If every day, even just last night, the stupidest shit you got, you guys would laugh. So I hit a pothole in a, my Rolls Royce Cullinan, like the Rolls SUV. And it just blew the tire out and I'm laughing, you know. I film it all. Everyone watches me hit the fucking pothole because I'm talking and it just racks the whole car. And I say all my words, in 12 hours, I'll have a new one. I just got a new one cash before the 12 hours is up. <laughs> but I just have to do shit at a level that is so fucking unrealistic that people start to drop their limiting beliefs. They're like, if this fucking guy can fucking do this, I can do one-tenth of that. And if anyone's doing one-tenth of what I'm doing right now, they're living a great fucking life. I want them to do way more than I'm doing. But I'm just saying, even in prison, when I would walk in the fucking block, Jim, 
I would walk in the block and I would see all the people and I would know who I am. I'd say, fuck, fuck this. There was not, there was nobody that was capable of handling that block but me. And that's how I felt when I came out to the world. I'm like, damn it. Not again. Where is the motherfucker who could step up? And it was just always me. So I had to create this ripped, rich, rare, as I say, individual to show the world what they're capable of. And I have thousands of people on my programs that are so fucking impressive, Jim. It is the best feeling. So I get my pleasure from that. And I get my pleasure from giving, you know, my girl and her daughter, uh, my people, a great life. You know, the people who work for me, the people who, who ride with me, we have, we do whatever the fuck we want. So, I mean, the point is, is we're not out there drinking or doing any of the stupid debaucherous acts that these pussy motherfuckers call life. But I mean, we're out having a nice steak, driving nice cars. We don't worry about money. We fly private. We just enjoy all the shit, you know, that is the normal shit, not this pleasure seeking cycle that leads to pain that everyone calls fuck. I mean, Wes, when you were in prison, how were you able, because you're really, really big, as you will, you should be, we all, we all should be, on having a positive mindset, a positive mental attitude. How were you able to defeat a negative mindset when you were in the most negative environment ever? I really just came across a lot of understandings when I was in solitude. How long, Wes, how long were you in solitude? So I did, I did multiple stretches in the shoe, but the main one I got for an in-house battery with the inmate manufactured weapon. I got an A1-115, which is a 187, attempted 187, or a battery on an inmate with serious bodily injury using an inmate manufactured weapon. And then I got a 14-month shoe term from that, where I was in the security housing unit for 14 months. And then multiple times on... Okay, California has these things called racial-based lockdowns, where if the white guys attack enough white guys, or there's, they're attacking their own race, then they'll get slammed down for 30, 60, 90, 180, 365 days. So, I mean, once there's enough of those, you just go on lockdown many, many times because your own race is stabbing your own race, which is called yard cleanup. So, I mean, that yard cleanup happens every couple years or years on end. It just matters what yard you're at at what time and what's going on. So, I mean, I did my longest stretch was 14 months in the shoe where you do 11 months, eight days, because it was a violent crime. So it was 85% of your time in the shoe. Same thing on the street. If you get a violent case, main part was though, as I came across massive understandings around the word, why? So the word why was more painful than getting stabbed. The word why was more painful than getting the 10 years. And that word, those three letters strung together would cause you so much pain internally that I started to realize that if I learned to release what I wished to possess, I would be fine. If I kept my heart open, I felt love. If I closed my heart, I felt pain. So I would sit there and go, why? Why don't they write me? Fuck. Like, do they even love me? Why, why don't they care? Why don't they answer the phone? And then as soon as I shifted that, victimization into straight strength and love and I controlled what I released and I released strength and love to the people I was asking why about I said I don't care why I love them anyways they're my people I die for them as soon as I did that I felt strong I felt loved but 
questioning and victimizing through that type of self-talk was so painful that it caused me to realize the power of the mind of what I was capable of. All right, so I could do this for hours. I want to be really respectful of your time. So let me pick my spots really quickly before I let you go. We're talking words now. You just mentioned the word why and how that was so painful. You also, Wes, tell folks there are two words that have to be completely wiped or erased from their vocabulary, and the words are hard and feel. Why are those two words words that you never use and you never want to hear? I mean, when you're trying to truly be successful at something, pros pros don't operate from their feelings. They operate from commitment. Amateurs operate from their fucking feelers, their feelings. And I mean, hard, nothing is hard. It's all enjoyable. When I see a motherfucker, some dude with tits in the gym wearing a shirt that says hardest worker in the fucking room, I just fucking laugh because I'm in the gym 365 days a year, multiple times a day. And I'm sitting there saying, how could you call this hard? Some people love this. I love this. It's not hard. That's the, that's the improper definition that people do. They call it hard work. I love it. I'm doing internal work always. When I do, whenever I do something physical, I make it internal work. So I make sure that the self-talk is congruent with the man I want to step out of during that time, that adversity, no matter what, if you're digging ditches out in the sun, how you talk to yourself is how you come out of that. If you're like, I'm the baddest mother. If Jim's digging a ditch out in the sun, he's like, I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. I could dig this whole thing in 10 minutes. Fuck this. This don't phase me. I love this shit. He's going to come out different than these pussies out here who sit here and go, oh, I hate this. I could be doing so much better. This is so hard. Oh, I don't feel like doing this. So you're just creating a dialogue that's adverse to the outcome you want. And nobody wants to come out weaker. So the word hard and the word feel, they gotta go because they only weaken you. All right, so finish that thought. We're talking about self-talk, how critical self-talk is. How should we talk to ourselves? What should we tell ourselves? Oh man, your self-talk has to be savage and affirming and aligned with the person you wanna come out with on the other end. So when I wake up at 245, I tell myself the exact definition of what it is. Damn, you're grateful for this day, Wes. You're going to fucking kill it. I don't have some crazy Stuart Smalley moment in the fucking mirror telling myself I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. I don't do that shit. I wake up and just know I'm the baddest motherfucker to where, look it, I live a certain way now. And people are like, oh, he's talks big like that now. When I was fucking walking to the gym when I first got out of prison and I lived on a twin bed in my grandmother's grandmother's house in the same room as my parents, I was walking to the gym and I was placing the eyes of the people driving by me. I was placing thoughts in their head and they're just saying, damn, that's a bad motherfucker. I bet that dude just got out of prison. That dude's fucking, that dude's a fucking beast. I always shape the dialogue around who I am. I always make sure the story I'm telling myself about myself is congruent with who the fuck I want to be. That's where everybody fucks up. I know a lot of successful people that talk to themselves like shit. Wes, how long ago were you walking to the gym and living in your grandmother's house on a twin bed? I was about, I mean, so I got out five years ago on December 17, 2017. Next 18 months, basically after that, I was still living on a twin bed, making about 300 to 2,000 a month on max 
And then I went on a big YouTube channel, told my story, and I started to blow up on YouTube. Then I automatically went from like 3,000 to 15,000 a month overnight. Then I started learning about monetizing um, click funnels and, and how to bring content to a sale. And then since I had millions of views because my YouTube channel blew up, I was able to bring through a link to a sale to my system. Then I was able to teach them everything that changed my mindset in my life. Now I made it up to about 150,000 a month pretty quickly. And I still, for about four to six months, didn't even tell my family I was making that much money. I was just like, I'm not even telling anybody I'm making this much money. This is fucking crazy. So I'm living, I have no car. I'm living with my, <laughs> in the same room as my mom and dad on a twin bed. And they have dogs in that room. And we're in my grandmother's house. And I'm just going to the gym twice a day, filming all my shit. Just not telling anyone, making 150000 a month, 150000 plus. And then finally, after about five months of that, my grandma came up. She came up to me and she said, um, she was hovering over my shoulder, just bitching about her credit card. Like, oh my God, I'll never pay this down. She would always go into this sinking ship routine at the end of the month, whenever bills had to be paid. I think she was just really mad at me, like I was freeloading, because I would give what I could, which wasn't much. And then she, she, I said, Grandma, how much is your credit card? It was like a Home Depot fucking card. Grandma loved to shop, but she, she handed me the card and she said, she's like, it's like 12,000. I said, give it to, hand, give it here. She didn't hand it to me. She was talking about it. And then she handed it to me. I said, give it here. And I turned around. I paid it off 12,000. I said, grandma, I've been making about 150,000 a month for the last six months. I'm going to be a millionaire very quick here. My life's going to change here. Your card's paid off. She was like, what the fuck? It floored her. She didn't know what the fuck happened. And then she was just like, holy shit. And then all my family's just seen me elevate year after year after year to where they're just like, you lit, you seriously make $2 million a month now. I'm like, yeah, close to on some months, I make about 1.7 million a month. And they're like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm like, very carefully, step by step as I climb the ladder. But um, yeah, it's just been a fucking hell of a ride, Jim. It's been crazy. All right, so really quickly, leave us with this thought, Wes. For instance, like... You it sounds like we might be glorifying or deifying the things. You're not. You're not. But you have a mansion. You have these whips. You have these nice things that you've worked hard for. However, I want to be very clear about this. You like to say, quote, we work to become, not acquire. What does that mean to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, life is about being and becoming, not acquiring and possessing. Most people are possessed by their possessions. They don't realize detachment doesn't mean not owning anything. True detachment means not letting anything own you. Nothing owns me. If you watch me and you see what people want from me, they want the discipline. They want the intrinsic worth. They want the true value I have within. They want all the deeper things. They're not even tripping on the, the nice stuff and all that. The whole thing is, is if I got this far and then stopped doing all my disciplines and started partying and started just only worried about possessions and money, then you could probably say that I was just about that shit. But the whole thing is, is the only fucking thing I'm about is holding my word another day. I live very simple. I did a lot of time in prison. I'm very simple in my mind, but very simple in my business too. And that's why a lot of top people are coming to me to help build their coaching programs online because I make it very simple. 
But the point is, is that I hold my fucking record of getting up every day for other people in my heart deeper than anything I could ever own. I could give a fuck about all my shit. Wes, last thought before I ask you where they go to get this information. You know what else they want from you? They want your discipline, but you know what they want? They want your confidence. Where does confidence come from? What does any individual have to do to become more confident? I mean, that's a perfect question because what we've been talking about the whole time. Confidence comes from holding your word to yourself. And then at the harder, the more difficult of times, the more adversity that's stacked up against you. Now, if you hold your word, it means even more. Now you get more and more confident and you have to stack fucking wins. I've look how many wins I've stacked. Holy shit. Some of my clients get their first Rolls Royce and I'm like, how cute. You just got your first Rolls. I got three. They're all paid for cash. I have all the best ones brand new. But the whole thing is, is like people are like, do you like, I thought it's not about stuff like that. It's not. It's about the fact that in a world full of people that can't figure something out, I can. And that was the same thing in prison. In a world full of people who couldn't figure out how to make it in there, I could. And that's where the confidence came from. When my back was against the wall. When no one else could, I fucking could. That's where confidence comes from. Always pulling it off. Always stacking W's, getting those wins, and not giving a fuck about anything other than the fact that you're living as a solid example for everybody around you, which started in prison, came to the streets. Wes, one quick follow. When you see that guy with that first rolls and it's cute, do you ever look at that guy or say to that guy, yeah, it's great. You got a rolls, but it doesn't matter because you still have them titties. (laughs) We always go to that shit. In my program, my people, we always look you up and down because we want your wisdom to be unbiased. So if you're standing on your strengths about your money, you must have a lot of insight about how to make that money and discipline towards your business. But why does that fail when it comes to you? So the new man, the man in 2023 that I'm pushing is a ripped, rich, rare individual. For a man to excel in all three of those, it takes a level of wisdom that is applied across the board that is not broken for anything. And I mean, the biggest problem in this world is that there is people of influence that are not upholding so much in all areas. So I just made it upon myself to just make sure that I'm the man I would listen to and that I'm able to guide people correctly around the fucking pitfalls of pain that ultimately landed me in prison. You also have a great saying, you look as you live or you look like the way you live, which I love, and we don't need to elaborate on that. Wes, you've got so many different programs for so many different people Tell me where they go to get more information to find out whether it's for mindset or it's nutrition or it's business mentorship, because you've got this whole thing all laid out and there are several tiers. Where do our listeners go to get this info? Perfect. I got you. Uh, www.westwatson.com. And you can go to any of the three selections, which is fitness, elite mindset, or elite business. The elite business coaching it's 3000 for a month, 7500 for three, 12500 for six, 20000 for the year. And the thing is, I will teach you how to make millions online, building your personal brand. It doesn't have to be fitness. I take your zone of genius, and then I take some life and wisdom. I make you do structured content that builds your personal brand. Then we monetize offers on the other end of this. 
I have made so many millionaires doing this, it would blow your mind. And the best part about it is, is once you're on my program, you start to adopt the belief system too, that really keeps you stuck to the mindset that makes your life better. Then you start teaching others. But the main thing behind it is I have the mid-level program, which is the program most people sell. And that's $2.99 a month, $7.50 for three, $12.99 for six, $2,000 for a year. That one is usually where people start when they're not ready. And then it gives them the elevation to step to the business program. But main thing is, is that I have programs for everybody. And when you go to my fucking website and you fill out that information, you're texting me directly. And I've answered every one of those fucking messages. I tell you what, Wes, I've done this particular podcast now for a couple of years, but I've done interviews and had conversations for the better part of 30 years. This is unlike pretty much any I've ever done, or I put it right near the top. It's so unique. It's so different. The story itself is so compelling, and I know how busy your schedule is. So, man, I want to tell you how much I appreciate it, how much I appreciate meeting you and you taking the time that you took, Wes, to lay that all out. That was tremendous, and I really do appreciate you. Big Jim, thank you, bro. And hey, all the messages we send back and forth about these deeper topics and the mindset that men need, that shit really keeps me focused because, like I've said, I was that baddest motherfucker, the worst motherfucker I ever met. That motherfucker still exists in all of us. You guys need to realize you shouldn't just be some passive bitch pussy of a man. You need to be capable of extreme violence, but willingly forego that, as Peterson says, Jordan Peterson. But I'm just saying, I don't trust a man without a dark side. And I really do praise a man who has one and willingly controls it because that man's lethal. That man's capable. And that's a fucking man in my eyes. So I appreciate you, Jim. Thank you so much. Like I said, Big West in all its glory. There are so many amazing lessons and strategies to take from that conversation, but let me just hit on a few quickly. Number one, he lives by the mantra of purpose over pleasure. Purpose over pleasure. Again, simple, but not easy, but brilliant. I love this notion that if you consistently choose purpose over pleasure, you're ultimately going to be able to rewire your brain to the point where it associates pleasure as painful. Think about that. Like That's an incredible notion. Make that a core principle. Always choose purpose over pleasure. Always choose purpose over pleasure. And then, what is the key to happiness? Or on the flip side, what will ensure your own unhappiness? Now, there are people that I respect deeply that would not subscribe to a passage of Wes's that I'm about to share, but I do. I believe this. I believe this deeply. In fact, it is profane, but I think he nails it when he says, and I quote, so, This is where all the fucking problems sneak in. If we're not proud of ourselves, if we're not progressing, if we're not forcing ourselves to evolve, then we're dying inside. Wake the fuck up today. Listen to your conscious and walk directly in line with it. If it tells your chunky ass to get to the gym, then go. If it tells you to limit the fucking little Debbies and not have that fucking extra muffin with your fucking coffee, then fucking do it. End of quote. Again, I know. A lot of F-bombs, but it's not the number of F-bombs. It is the message. Message being something that Eric Thomas talks about. Walking in your purpose, knowing what you want, and spending every minute of every day for the rest of your life going after it. 
evolving, growing, progressing. That's the key to happiness. And if you want to ensure regret and unhappiness, then just do the opposite. In other words, sit on your ass, never develop your purpose, much less walk in it, smash those little Debbies, never listen to your conscious or push yourself, and then instead of living, just die a little more each day. Again, don't get caught up in how he says it. Listen to what he's saying. He's right. A couple of more common sense thoughts, but things that I think need to be absolutely hammered home yet again. And again, I want to quote Big West himself because, as you know by now, he's got a certain flair for making his point. Even if you have a vision or a purpose, it is worthless unless it's backed by massive daily action. West says, quote, in the pen, everybody would say, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. But it's motherfucking action. I've said it before. Vision with no action is fucking delusion. We can just start working towards your dreams right now. Today, you can take the path that nobody else takes and just figure it out along the way. End of quote. Again, such a great point. Vision without action is just delusion. And then finally, not to be redundant, but to me, this one is huge. Wes says it's pretty cut and dried about who wins and who loses in life. Quote, the motherfuckers who win in this life are living their life based on their commitment, not their feelings, end of quote. (laughs) Like, bam, there it is. The people who win in this life live a life based on commitment, not their feelings. They're committed to their mission, and they're not off to the side wallowing all up in their feelings. They're planning, strategizing, and taking massive action every single day, regardless of how they feel, and they're able to do that because they have an unbreakable mindset. Now, there is so much more where that came from, but in the meantime, I want to thank Wes for his time and for chopping it up with us. He is working with and transforming countless individuals and might be able to do the same thing for you if you match his intensity and his commitment. As he mentioned, go to his site, Find him on social, sign up and work with him, and or consume his content. I've been looking forward to that conversation for a long time, and it absolutely lived up to my expectations. Now, on the way out, can you do me one small favor if you haven't done so already? Can you subscribe to this podcast? It will help me grow it, and it will help get the word out, and it will also help you because you'll never have to go looking for another episode because it will ding your device every single time a new one drops. So if you can hit subscribe, that would be awesome. And as always, thanks a million for the support. Keep banging away, and I will catch you next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.